right, everybody, welcome to Yeah, But Still. Ooh-wee. No longer spooky edition. We're back. Ooh, well, no, I mean, we are recording this on Halloween. This is, and, uh, we are recording it on Halloween. The Halloween special parts one and two are available, but, you know, we are recording this on Halloween, but this is coming out. A uh, day before uh, an even spookier day. Yeah, you know? we're the real uh, scary day. day. <laughs> politics. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, welcome to the yeah, but still uh, politics. And for the next tile uh, dysfunction 2020 uh, spectacular with Wapo's own Dave Weigel. Yeah, yes, well, sir. Welcome to the podcast. We have Dave Weigel from uh, the Washington Post here with us. Um, and uh, for the next five hours, we're going to be going over all of the polling data, and Brandon's going to be analyzing this state by <laughs> yeah, state. Yeah, 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 yeah. Opa, Opa, Chapo style. <laughs> um, no, no, no. It's not none of that. None of that. No, no stats. No numbers. No math. Don't worry about that. We just want to, you know, it's a crazy week. We want to talk politics, but I don't think anybody knows what's going to be happening. I don't know what's going to happen, Dave. I'm not going to make you predict. I mean, yeah, I don't. You I, know, don't wanna, I, have, I don't want. I don't want to either. Do it's stupid. Be cautiously optimistic. Yeah, optimistic you know? that Trump's gonna win. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. I, yeah. I don't know, man. It's yeah. It's hard to think of uh, any day past election day right now. Yeah. But anyway, well, welcome to the pod, Dave. I realized we didn't even let you say hi yet. Welcome. Yeah, I was waiting. I was. Wonder if I should jump in with a joke, and then that sounded like it was going to be kind of try hard. I'll have, I don't have jokes to be gone, but no, it's good to be here, man. I've been like listening, and I pay on Patreon, which I guess I should disclose. Is that eth- ethically? Should I? I do. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. yeah, that's great. That's wonderful. Yeah. Um, no, I mean that's, I think it's ethical. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've both we've both known you for a few years now. You've known him for longer. I, uh, you took me around Vegas for an episode that never came out because it's uh it's aged like milk we'll put it that way (laughs) i was like i went out there you took me around uh it was during the nevada primaries which bernie won easily and um you know i was there as like to document the uh the first of many bernie wins before he uh right took over the party (laughs) (laughs) spiking spiking the football in the second quarter just like Fuck yeah, dude! This year's gonna be fucking amazing. I can't wait. Yeah, we to went like... to that big outdoor rally that was utterly packed. Uh, you know, perfect, perfect weather, everything clicking. Yeah, uh, it was clear that like momentum was like fading from everybody else, and then a week later, that stopped being true. Yeah, but it was cool. I mean, it was a really fun trip. It was pretty much my only trip of the year, and it was cool. You took me to like all of the. We got to see Biden, Warren in person. We saw Trump in person. Um, mm-hmm. We saw like everybody. We went to a we went to a full Trump rally, which is kind of wild. We met a QAnon person within like th- thirty five seconds immediately. I think, that rally. Like I don't even think yeah. we left the parking lot yet. Yeah, she had a bedazzled I think it was Q Q shirt. Yeah, <laughs> like she'd made it herself. She hadn't just bought one of the uh, the Amazon ones that keep getting banned uh, because of Section two thirty. I think that's what, what section two thirty means. She didn't that you she, can't, it you can't buy the, uh, on Amazon. It wasn't that uh that Zara QAnon collab. <laughs> yeah, it's the I new mean, Forever Twenty One collection. It looked legit. Uh as much as anything else in the Q Q verse looks legit. When when did, when did you start covering politics, Dave? 
for, for like talking to people and going to talk interviewing politicians as opposed to just being kind of interested in it really like 2002 okay so i was in college and i definitely was one of those college students who uh think they know everything and then it helped that i covered politics and realized oh, i had some assumptions they seem kind of wrong um so like i i started writing about politics from sophomore year i guess i mean the first event i covered as a reporter was like a college reporter going to a ralph nader rally in 2000 um, but then when i started like getting paid for it that was more 2002 and i've been that has been my beat for as opposed to just being an editor at something or general assignment that's been my beat really since 2006 uh so a ton of elections i mean this is my fourth presidential campaign where i've gone on the road to cover things and I feel like I, I learn more and I get a little more cynical and I, I collect a bunch of just memories that I never end up putting in this in the paper. Cause I, I guess like everyone, maybe not everyone is like this in college. Definitely. When I started out, I was thinking, uh, Oh, I, I just read Hunter Thompson. So that's the thing to do. Right. Like you know, mm-hmm. put your experience in there, put yourself in there. And that, that can be annoying if you're not good at it, which most people aren't. So I, I, I've now have a balance, I think of let me find original stuff and talk to people and then have some personality in it. Yeah, um, do you think and, Hunter S. Thompson is one of those people where there's like anytime there's a you know this big influential voice, he's responsible for like a thousand shitty derivatives, you know? Yeah. Oh, to- oh, totally. Yeah. He's like a t- t- terrible influence on on, on the political because everyone reads like one the one book, well, two I guess the both both fear fears and loathings. Uh, they read those books. He had good stuff before that and he burned out immediately after that um but it's not the style you should emulate you shouldn't like half the story shouldn't be about you like being unable to find your lighter or like who you brought (laughs) on the trip like you should i i was like oh the stuff that's more interesting is the you know scandals are fun and you know the there's goofy stuff that happens on the trail which when it happens it's fun to write about but actually what what people what people want to read is 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 deeper than that and I, i really got into covering um, more from the activist level on up, right? So a lot of what I did in the last four years was focused on organizing everything from you know resistance moms and indivisible to DSA uh, to Black Lives Matter, like more of that than uh, check out the politician and the, and the funny stuff he said. Um, not that that's what Thompson did. I just feel when I'd read this happened a lot in 2015, right? Like Trump came on the scene. And there were all these 5,000 word Trump articles like gawking at how weird it was. And yeah. I, like, what did that do? You know, like the, 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 the stuff that was more useful and that I, I remember was, uh, was more about like, wait, why are people so into this? And that's kind of, I guess that my starting question of every story is, is, huh, do people care about this? Oh, they do. Why do they care about this? Or if they don't, you know, then here's my exp- explanation of why they don't care. And like, I have to check it's not just me imprinting the stuff i care about on people because my interests are weird you know most people most people don't care this much about politics right like i and they shouldn't it's fine to not (laughs) follow every senate and house race it's crazy to do that as a hobby well but in terms of explaining like what the stakes of the election are and how government works um which is not that boring people have gotten super super into it last four years i've always loved doing that that's um i mean like i said no predictions being made on this uh this episode but when I've tried to imagine a Biden presidency, I've talked about this in the podcast before. You just mentioned like people not caring about politics. And yeah. I don't, depending on what age you, you are like right now, I think there's, you have to be political. Like everything is yeah. political right now. Like that's kind of a cliche to say it, but 
it it is there was a time like not super long ago where like people didn't pay attention that much well it was, yeah like, no absolutely the, the yeah, norm Obama era even before that though like like clinton like like that era people like only vaguely cared and like just because i i don't think like there was a, a sense of that you could do anything about it really like that your individual voice could affect things and and now it's kind of like you have to now now it's like you see like the trump people like circling the the kamala harris bus the other day and it's like it's very <laughs> much like uh like militias almost yeah, like, like the war boys okay. that's the first thing i thought of is the the mad max uh fury road guys but uh because that mindset is that's new i think for america that people this is a thing that trump people have adopted this cycle that democrats are kind of confused by is is one buying flags like when's the last time you saw a presidential candidate with a flag yeah you see signs you see bumper stickers but Trump fans, like, they have flags and they put them on, on cars uh, or their house, like, like they're, you know, the football team. And then, like, so much is oriented around just showing up and being visible to prove mm-hmm. that, um, to, to, like, you know, own the libs, I guess, is the, is the phrase you keep coming back to. That's totally new. And there always were conservative activists, but that level of activism, that wasn't there. When I covered conservative, I covered conservative politics first deeply for, like, say, 20, 2009 through... 2016 um and it was like people would get active but it wasn't a lifestyle brand it wasn't oh yeah let's there, take was this no, Saturday there was no let's, cult yeah let's yeah. let's drive around let's get on our boats and have a flotilla and take a drone shot of our flotilla um <laughs> like that level of involvement on their side is new and then for liberals it's 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 like no one knew who their da was um like i don't know four years ago uh, all all yeah. the it's beyond like who's the president people caring about that people being super obsessed with their local governments uh that's kind of that's like a new venue for me to cover things i mean i'm, I'm in minneapolis right now because i've been with um ilhan omar's campaign and just people are hyper aware of like the the person the liberian woman running for uh city council which yeah, I, love, I would not I, have seen four years ago which i think is good that you know it's it's positive that's a net positive that but, people care about city council races now you know? Yeah, I mean, people just feel like, oh, wait, what was happening to the government when I was not paying any attention to for my whole life? <laughs> right. That's kind of the attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I do think it's very funny that you've been with Ilhan Omar all day, and then like an hour later, you're, you're doing our podcast. Yeah, that is okay. funny. <laughs> it's funny that you didn't get her on the pod. I mean, she could have easily come to the car, you know? Could have been Dave. I guess she could have. X Ilhan Omar. We could I didn't know to how it. to ask. I was like, "How do I?" <laughs> this feels like a little bit like, uh, um, uh, I, like again, I'm overly worried. I probably because I, I I've been doing this for so long. I'm like, "What are the campaign laws about this?" Like, <laughs> well, does, does say, Ilhan Omar know that we've had? Does Ilhan Omar know we've had Mark McGrath on? Yeah, <laughs> she doesn't. As a cameo or as a real? Oh no, it's no. A real he, thing. Was, he was on, he was on the damn he was on the yeah, damn yeah. pod. That's the that's the guest you pick to woo Ilhan Omar on. Be like, if you aren't familiar, <laughs> they did have the front man of Sugar Ray on the pod. Um, um, uh, but with yeah, Lizzo, I guess. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I would flex Lizzo. Was Lizzo had, on it? Yeah, oh, we had Lizzo. Yeah, I mean, she was. Uh, they're both Minnesotans. Oh, oh yeah. on the pot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, no. Yeah. That, yeah, man, maybe I should have pushed harder. But uh, she says, no, she fine. definitely says hi. Uh, and she's, <laughs> in, and uh, like, uh, she, she, she's aware. I mean, she 
she's very aware of Chapo and, and the podcast universe, like the expanded Chapo cinematic universe. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's, but she had to like run to another rally. Yeah. Okay. So she knows who I am. That's she pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I basically we're friends, me and her. Yeah. You could say <laughs> we're friends, me and Brandon and Ilhan. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you've been, it's the years definitely changed, but I wanted to hear, hopefully hear some stories about life on the road, covering these campaigns mm. from you. Um, but man, I mean like this year for sure, like a lot of has been cut out the opportunity to be on the road, but, um, yeah, yeah. What's it, what's it, what's it been like out there? I've been on the road more than most people, uh, even who do what I do. Like, uh, there's, there was a, I don't, I want to say maybe a month and a half where nobody did anything. I remember. So I, I got back from covering something in Illinois and it was already, things were starting to shut. Like every time you check your phone, something else shut down. Right. Like I, I went to a restaurant and that it had just gone to every other table has could be seated in electronic menus. And then the next day the restaurants were closed. Um, and the, the candidate for Congress I was covering, uh, people were still trying to shake her hand and she had to awkwardly go for the elbow bump, which I've done. I've done twice this week. Um, done the wrist, reach my fist out and hit somebody's elbow thing. Like there's still not a good, oh yeah, uh, rule for how to how to not shake hands because people are, uh, and everyone's got their own experience. I mean, if I meet Democrats, um, they all go for the bump. If I meet Republicans, a lot of them as a point of pride still want to shake hands. Like the <laughs> yeah. last, interesting. The last hand I shook was Chris Kobach, uh, the former like Secretary <laughs> of State of Kansas. He just like jumped in with his hand, and I wasn't thinking. I mean, uh, if you if you go to a Trump rally right now, it's everybody's just spitting in each other's mouths. Yeah, they're all making out. <laughs> I mean, I found with Trump voters, like I kind of go out of my way, and I've learned this. I go for the people who are doing the least uh, outre stuff, right? I don't go who's the person with the silliest hat and the and the the suit that looks like the border wall. Although I met that dude. Um, the guy who shows up at every Trump rally with a border wall suit. Oh yeah, uh, I've seen that guy. Was in Peoria, Arizona. And I caught up with him and he, and he was just, he, it was really, I wouldn't say it's edifice, but I was, I was like, oh, I wonder what he thinks. And he was just an extremely ordinary suburban Republican who just, he bought a, you know, David, a David pumpkins, butt border wall kind of like suit that he wears <laughs> and shows up everywhere. But I've found that they're, um, I can bond with a lot of Trump voters over they, what they really hate is like cable news. And I've, I, I'm public in how much I hate that. I hate like the panels yeah. that are, that are like Mr. Trump, Sir, this is not normal. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll start talking about uh, that TV. I'm like, no, I hate that. That sucks. And like, I, what I do is is talk to people about what they think, and they say, oh, you can do that. <laughs> like, that's that kind of media. And I mean, I, I mean, I've uh, had people, you know, shut me down halfway, and they really just they didn't want to talk to us. But in terms of being a reporter talking to Trump voters, it's odd because their their vision of the media is that we just all are in, in a often that that we're just looking for ways to make them look bad and going to our green rooms and talking about how they're stupid and with mine i'm like no i'm really interested like this thing we're all living through and the reasons you love uh this president i want to write about it like i'm not looking for the craziest person so i can go back and i mean maybe i'll have a tweet of a picture of from a rally and five thousand people will say that's the craziest thing i've ever seen but that happens like once a week now but i'm not i'm not like looking for the nut in the crowd like i wouldn't do it on the left either right like i'll tweet like uh I hate that stuff. Like in DSA things I've covered. I mean, I spent this uh, three days, I guess, covering the DSA convention last year. 
a year when they you know won a bunch more power in like Chicago and all these seats. And the only Fox News story about the socialist conference was like one guy said that he was being triggered by the loud applause. And they had like two segments <laughs> about that. So you can do that, but it's like, eh, like, let me live through the silly thing, but not write about that. People are not right. signing up for this organization so they can complain about applause being loud. Yeah, I think a lot of people are kind of choosing to like roll around in the shit. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, it it's... can be it can be addictive. Like, there's been points in my life where I've just been super interested in seeing that stuff. Uh, I just feel like the Trump thing. If people are honest with themselves, there are a lot of people. I knew people who bought like ironic Trump merchandise in 2015, 16, right? Like, well, we saw some hilarious. fire stuff when I was with you. We saw some like legitimately like some some shirts that I was like, if I had cash on me, I would have bought. Like when we were oh, at that like rally. the the God the uh, Goodfellas one, the Goodfellas Trump one, like is undeniable. Who was it? Was it was it Trump, Bill Barr, and someone who was on the Goodfellas? Rudy Giuliani was in there, right? Yeah, that was it. Well, yeah. While we're on the subject, and we already talked about one hunter, actually, I did want to ask yeah. you, maybe, you know, I don't know if you could weigh in on the the Hunter Biden hacking situation, but can you explain right. it a bit? Because I do want to talk about the pictures that have come out recently. Or, it's really hard to explain, um, because it seems as though. Uh, his you know, people knew internationally that he could be ex a problem for his father, and definitely he got hacked, right? Like, he's definitely, yeah, I, I slipped and said hacking, but I meant what do they say? They said he like went to a computer repair shop in Delaware, even though he lives yeah, in that LA. That story does not track, to yeah, me. they fucked that one he up, said, they really fumbled it. He said that, and then also that he left a computer at a psycho psychiatrist in uh, office in Maine, in it's not Maine, in Massachusetts. But then also the same information was being traded in Ukraine for money like a, not a year ago, but, but but long before the laptop. So if you try to follow that stuff, it's it's crazy. And so the way it hits the campaign is, I mean, like the simple version of this, right, is it's not like reporters don't like getting secret information and writing about it. Um, there's ethical concerns when you do it, but the, you, the, the starting point is, oh, this stuff was hacked. Can I verify it? Like can I see it myself? And so the, the, in terms of how the media has covered the Hunter Biden emails, it's that people have added, like the, the, the NBC News wrote about this too. Like people who are not Fox News, Breitbart have asked for access to this stuff or they asked for Tony Bobolinsky's uh, exchanges and they're just not giving it to um, the quote unquote mainstream media. They're giving it to conservative media. And it's more unlike WikiLeaks where they just put it all online and everyone could go through it. Um, this is, we're going to put it in places that are writing a story that looks bad for the Bidens. And then we're kind of going to goad the media into covering it. Um, and, and, and that hasn't worked as well. Cause that's not how you do it. Like the same thing. Let's say um, somebody had like a bunch of uh, Trump emails they hacked and they gave them to just um, like just Jacobin. And that was it. And Jacobin had these Trump emails and no one else could see them. I think you have the same response. You'd be like, wait a second. Like, be, do we know these are real? Like, what is the importance of this? Uh, and, and But, like, the main thing is it's Hunter being a problem for his dad is, like, an old story almost. It's weird. Like, it's, it's a weird story, yeah. too, because, like, just recently. First of all, yeah, I, I do think that, like, very clearly, I think his iCloud was hacked or something like that. Yeah, that's, like, that sounds that, most likely. iPhone, Not that I know iCloud. Anything, it's just when I like, saw what they had, I'm like. These are like text messages and photos. That's like I have that on my cloud, which is not in my laptop. Yeah, but they dropped these photos and like 
there's something so funny. I was joking with Brandon about this the other day because I, I do think that like there's some people who have been distorted. They start to think that like any evidence of sex is like a qualification for a Me Too type expose where it's like, right, right. oh, he had sex. Look, look, he had sex. There's videos of him like having consensual sex. Yeah, so they with, like, like babes. Yeah, it's these mm-hmm. they they drop these pictures of Hunter and they're like all blurred out, but you could see like his huge dong and he's in like <laughs> they leave the geotag on. It's like Chateau Marmont. So it's just like Hunter just like piping down these women in Chateau Marmont and like taking pictures of his dick, which is it looks nice. Like there's no absolutely have you seen, no. Have you seen the the pics, Jack? Me? Like I've only I've only seen like a blurred. I've cock. only seen blurred pics. Seen... I don't know if unblurred is out. Yeah. I think that might be like I have not sought out anything unblurred. I just, think that might be I, revenge porn. Like like I, I yeah. think you could get in trouble for like posting the unblurred. Like And the weird stuff too is that if you if you look at like the Steve Bannon's I guess the podcast he has now, the war room, it's it, the, the army's like, Well, he could be blackmailed. I'm like, wait, like we've all seen the big Lebowski, right? Like you can't like you can't just get like produce the stuff and see like now we'll blackmail with you. Like you need to you need to hold on to it and threaten them. Yeah. And so they're like, I don't know what you're gonna do. What is the what is the second act to we found pictures of you having sex and put them on the Chinese internet? It's uh like what else you got? What else yeah. is worse than that? And also like from Hunter's perspective, a guy who's been like humiliated before, for sure. Yeah. Like I can't imagine this is that rough, like having your your large penis being leaked. Like I just have to imagine it's a situation where it's like, oh no. Oh <laughs> no, don't look at that. Like oh, <laughs> You guys, please no. Yeah, I found I found out. Uh, yeah, I saw I saw on Fox News that Hunter Biden has a huge cock, and I punched a hole in my wall in television. So I was pissed off. Yeah, you're you're upset. You're like he felt betrayed. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. You punch the wall, then you punch the television. Yeah, I punched the wall first. Yeah, yeah. and then the television. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's so it's it's such a weird. Also for Rudy, like to to be sitting on that. First of all, like rubbing his hands together, be like, wait till people see this shit. Like they're gonna be <laughs> so mad that Hunter Biden had sex with these women. <laughs> like it's just weird because he's like he's like forty five years old or something, right? Like he's a I think he's fifty now. Fifty but year old man. It's like stuff is taken. It's not like this is like Trump's or uh, Biden's like teenage son that's out of control. Like he's certainly out of control, but he's a grown man that's just like. I mean, the pictures they dropped, the smoking crack picture was, like, pretty tight, even though most people probably don't think that. I mean, uh, yeah, the smoking crack picture is, like, pretty... I'm like, grim. look... But, he, I, but we've we've known that Hunter Biden smoked crack yeah, it's for no surprise. years now. Seeing it, I was like, this is a man yeah. living his truth. What can I say? Like, five years, I guess? I mean, it's but people just don't care as much about stuff like that. It's it's like, it's kind of Trump's doing, right? Because let's say you said, oh... I've got evidence that he paid uh, this porn star not to talk for the election. Like, oh yeah, we knew that. Yeah, I mean, just tr- Trump has like so risen the ceiling for what will shock people that the the whole idea that we're gonna find embarrassing stuff about Biden's son, who he who we all know is embarrassing, like, and we're gonna convince convince people. That's why like the actual scandal they've been trying to push. Because I was a uh, Biden was in Minnesota yesterday, and he had protesters outside, uh, and they're, they're obsessed with like, did he? Is there a deal that he made that could help that could influence Biden? And was there money exchanged? And and again, like you can't prove it. 
um, unless you have the emails yourself, like the records. And it's, it's uh, without going into all that, like, so people end up talking about the, uh, <laughs> the, the dong photos <laughs> and, it, and, and, and talking about that, they're just like, nah, that's weird. But um, it, like, I feel like 20 years ago, maybe people would have been shocked by that. I remember somebody was reminding me that like, this is the anniversary as we're talking of George W. Bush, uh, it being revealed that George W. Bush had a DUI. Yeah. No one would care. Right. If that came out now, nobody would care. No, they'd it was, like it more. Oh, it turns out Joe Biden had a DUI in, in like 1950. People are like, oh, huh. All right. Wild. Yeah. All right. And then they just keep voting. Another yeah. another weird thing is that like in a post Epstein era, seeing like a politician, seeing like the, the sex tape of like a politician or a politician's son leak. And it's like, I'm looking at it and I'm like, OK, that's an adult woman. Like, <laughs> all right. Not a child. Like I see, and once you've seen the dirt, it's like, all right. Like I've seen, I've seen his dirt. Like I'm almost more comfortable, because like, I'm I'm more worried about the people who I haven't seen their, you know, their dirt. Once you've once you've seen the dirt, as in uh the Motley Crue Netflix movie, right? Yeah, (laughs) one of the greatest. Once you've seen the dirt, um, yeah. I mean, it does feel like we live in like a post bombshell world. Yeah, right. Post scandal, scandals don't happen anymore. I mean, I haven't been to North Carolina this campaign. I don't think I I went to cover some election last year. But, like, you've got a candidate for Senate there who was revealed had an affair with the wife of someone else in in the military. And the polling has been people say, oh, shouldn't have done that. And then nothing else. Yeah. Like, they, they like him personally a little bit less, but they're not voting against him. And I don't know if that's if that can last forever, but kind of the rule with all these scandals is, just like sit there and wait it out and people forget it and move on to something else, which is not how it, not, I want to say that's not how it used to be. That's happened before where people just refuse to resign. And then a, a year later, it was like, Oh, why, why do I know that name? Didn't that guy do something like scan? Uh, I'm distracted. Let's, let's like get angry at something else. So yeah, I, I haven't followed the Hunter stuff beat by beat, except for how it's hit um, the media. And, and, and I honest, honest to God, and this sounds like a dodge, but like, I don't, I barely have time to cover that kind of thing because I get, I mean, right now, like I, my t- day is typical. Like I woke up, I'm spending all day except for this with like a congressional candidate. Yesterday, I drove around talking to candidates. I got back to my hotel at 10. So like the time I might want to use to look up uh, salacious leaked photos is like pass out time. Or to be honest, you know, watch YouTube of people doing Bloodborne speed runs. That's how I relax now. <laughs> um well yeah i mean do you have any standout uh situations or stories from your your time on the road so far that uh i Mm. think are worth telling i mean we were talking about that before Uh, this year so this year has given less material because of you here i'm like waving my hands around describe how how weird it is to go anywhere and do anything uh i just things that are don't sound funny were weird to experience in person like the the, the way that Joe Biden is campaigning for president in the final days is is truly bizarre. Um, I went to one in Michigan to write a, just to write about how he does this. And uh, they didn't tell anyone where he was going, by which I mean, like the on the news that Joe Biden's in in uh, in our county today. And that was it. And uh, they only released to a select number of people where he was going. The So like the media that covered him and uh, uh, local media and they went and then trump people found out about it so they showed up and then much later literally driving by democrats uh 
saw that there were Trump people rallying. So they showed up and rallied outside this uh, union hall at an auto manufacturer, waving some signs. And the Trump people waved some signs. And they never saw Biden. It was like totally concealed from their from view because that's the point. And then he went away and he he campaigned that day. And even now he's doing these car rallies. And I saw the one yesterday that are they have a limited amount of cars. Instead of applause, there's honking. And it's just it's just no matter how much I see it, I'm like, I, I, I don't want to be so normalized that a future where candidates like hologram into something and people beat their horns that that is that is campaigning that seems weird uh to me but just observing it is not like i wouldn't say it's funny but it is uh every time it's surreal i mean it's more surreal than when people would go to a trump rally in 2015 and say well this guy used to be on the apprentice this is (laughs) it's much weirder to watch somebody who could be president talk to 50 people and then fly away um but no actual wackiness has unfolded there uh, in terms of, and that's been harder to find, right? Like, cause I've, I've gone in person to cover stuff and it's, uh, everyone's too on edge for, for pure wackiness. The wackiness comes to more through, uh, signs, uh, slogans. I mean, somebody yesterday was like going around with a, with a silver Sharpie to write 10% for the big guy on all the camp on the Biden pair signs they saw 10% for the big guy being this reference to, an email in the Hunter archives that 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 um, Trump people say is proof that the big guy must be Joe Biden. He it's, must his, be taking 10% it's his of dick. He's talking about deals. his dick, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, t- what could, what is 10? <laughs> the number 10. What's this for? Um, 10%. Well, he's Joe Biden is his uh, Hunter Biden is his client. Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> his, he actually he reps him at uh, yeah. UTA. Um, I mean, yeah, so the funny, the stuff that's been the most surreal is like been online because Rudy Giuliani now talks about Joe Biden as the the Prince of Darkness and the head of the 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 Biden crime family, and you know, come on, that, that's just like listening to that is 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 fascinating, um, and and it's surreal because when I when I go cover when you see Trump or you see Don Jr., uh, everyone is on key, everyone in the crowd is like yes. He's talking about the thing I saw at 8.23 p.m. yesterday on Tucker Carlson. Uh, but if you watch, like, uh, local Republicans or Mike Pence, the all they talk about is, look, the, uh, the economy was pretty good and the pandemic happened. Joe Biden uh, would let socialists take over and ruin it. And they do versions of that for 30 minutes. But they're just two different universes, which is not like anything I've, I've covered before. And, and in terms of it, so much is just cars and, and <laughs> cars honking and ca- cars driving in circles is so much of campaigning now. So I'm not getting the the, the super interesting, ne- I'm right next to them, amusing stories of people. But, you know, there are funny exchanges that, that happen. I mean, like I, you follow somebody canvassing and like today with with Omar, there is a, a dude in a, uh, one of her, one of her houses who was so excited to see her. He ran out in a very thick Liberian accent said, you're the one that gives Trump the heart attack. And then he was eating an apple and chucked the apple as hard as he could, as if it was like a football, <laughs> spiraled it into into the distance. And I think hit a dumpster and hugged her, but hugged her in a weird pandemic friendly arm crook to not touch way. So I see stuff like that. Like my memory is full of insane human interactions, but none none is like vivid as I would in a normal year. Well, well yeah, I mean, because you're in the nucleus. Of yeah, it. and right now, yeah. right now yeah. it feels like 
it, it feels like soccer hooligan culture is going on between the campaigns, but only on one side. So it's like, it's kind of like if like Chelsea had like hardcore hooligans and like Manchester United just like didn't even go to the games. Like they're just like, yeah, we watch it from home. Like I don't <laughs> their fans didn't even go we're to the stadium restore, at all. Restore the soul of football. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, he's still, you know, Trump is still a road dog. It's yeah, it it's, it's one side. I, I, I was wondering if it, how many uh, recurring characters you see where, where it's like I, I feel like there is like a whole. uh this whole swath of people who uh, like follow him around, like like the fucking Grateful Dead. So, again, I've I've gone to lessons, but you find that a lot, right? If you ask people where they're from, as they're lining up for a Trump rally, uh, there are people who've been like there's a lady I was talking to yesterday uh, who had been to twelve in in Minnesota alone, like twelve Trump events in Minnesota. They're training alone. like bootleg tapes and, of speeches, <laughs> like and they just they just want to see him speak and they they and, and, and so much of it this is what makes it hard to cover is so much of what trump runs against is the media uh like joe biden's a character in the in in like this uh, league of villains trying to hurt him but he's not the even the main character it's that he's running against the media and he's running against uh aoc and he's running against don lemon and then also to joe biden but let's like move on to the people who make people angry to joe biden like they literally are running TV ads that still use Hillary Clinton in them in 2020. Uh, like today, they have one that somebody, the ad is somebody uh, tossing in, well, several people like tossing and turning in bed and they're having their nightmares. And their nightmares are not Joe Biden just winning. It's 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 like breaking news. Joe Biden has appointed Hillary Clinton to the Supreme Court. <laughs> uh, so you see that, you see stuff like that. And so, yeah, you meet super fans at Trump stuff who have been to see him a lot. And my, my brain is always think, well, okay, there's only, they only get one vote. So what did they, what did they do? Like a lot of covering the campaign and trying to figure out what will happen is seeing their uh, operation up close and how they're knocking on doors and what, and, and that kind of stuff, which is, it's so big. You can't, you, if you did a hundred of those stops, you still wouldn't know exactly what's going on. Um, so I end up, um, I, you know, the strangest stuff ends up happening in full view like on tv and on twitter more than in republican offices well, and uh people know that too like a lot of campaigns now take advantage of just making super viral memes and epic owns on twitter and not really making local media available uh, or making themselves i should say local media uh, or, or to, yeah, not making themselves available the media as much as putting out a meme like this happened a lot of republican candidates this cycle republicans more than democrats just they have these videos and like Benny Johnson shoots a lot of them. Uh, you know, who's, I think everyone on list of the show probably knows who he is. He's like a, you guys like do. a 39 year old, like epic meme Lord. We've definitely p- played yeah. his, uh, his intro to the TPUSA conference where he's like, it's like a hacker. Oh, just be like God, opening the yeah. meme frame, booting up I mean, he- the meme machine. Initiate meme mode. Meme mode initiated. The left can't meme it is illegal to have a sense of humor on the left that's why they can't meme <laughs> did he, yes. did he like write a book called like meme magic or yeah whatever? right so he he does that like for a living republican candidate he works for tier turning point usa but he he and some other consultants have this style also formerly can- buzzfeed benny right yeah buzzfeed he was a professor too they have a style where like they're walking from place to place and there's, you know, images appearing on, words appearing on the screen. 
And the latest one is this candidate in North Carolina calling his opponent a simp and just explaining oh, what I a simp that. is. As he walks through, as well, he's in a wheelchair. As he like travels through his district and warns that um, this simp Democrat is going to turn Western North Carolina into San Francisco, not just San Francisco, but mini San Francisco, which seems redundant to me. Like, just say you're going to turn it into like San Francisco. Why mini? Um, it's like <laughs> it's much bigger. Um, but that is a lot of. But that guy, like, he's doing. For, he's do. He does that kind of stuff more than jumping into rallies and 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 talking there i mean rallies are only like a part of politics they definitely produce some of the stranger stuff but um democrats i'd say are super surreal this year and then republicans are behaving as they normally do in a campaign but more intense like instead of just showing up to heckle they will get in cars and pursue the biden campaign bus like that's new uh yeah so uh, processing all that stuff is is a big part of the job now or in a normal year i'd be you know one week to another i'd be in a different state hanging out with a senate candidate it's like this this with ilhan is i think the second time this year this year i've been able to just go door to door with a candidate that's it. everyone else stopped doing it is there um even with previous elections even especially with previous elections like are there any moment like like have there been times where you're thinking like oh i i really like have lived through history like watching this first person or like, like, what were those moments for you where you're like, like the kind of shit you brag about? Like, oh, I saw that. I was there, <laughs> you know, that became significant even. Yeah, I guess I've seen. So the first one, I, I a lot is Trump related. A lot of it is there's this long period where people weren't taking Trump very seriously. And I would go to stuff that everyone assumed was going to be a bust. And I would see um, Trump issue, like some say something that made news and everyone had the same we've lived through this news cycle a thousand times now trump shows up there's a big crowd he says uh one of them i was at was uh um you know talking about how john mccain wasn't a real war hero uh and so you live through these moments but they all kind of blur there's been about ten thousand trump moments that were going to redefine everything kind of didn't because people got got deadened to them uh and then when it comes to i've seen like people do pranks which are never that funny and with candidates like <laughs> like there what a, there's always a, a ring of them in the last week of the iowa caucus of these guys who will show up and and do stunts like one of them tried to propose marriage to elizabeth warren uh so i'll see that who's, stuff. The, who's, like, who's the, that prank on I, I wonder like what's the, <laughs> like what's the prank with that one I don't, I, that was the thing. No one could figure it out. They were just were so into that they were so into Elizabeth Warren. It was like, imagine if Connor O'Malley wasn't funny. It was kind of that. Just like uh, a, like a spaghetti style prank where he has to like break character and explain it. Like, yeah, I, so I, I, kind of, I startle people. Uh, I, I do parties. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, this year has been le- less of it. The, the events kind of, I wouldn't say they blur, um, but presidential primaries are full of just stuff that does not work and so a lot of watching candidates try something that fails i have you know half my memory is 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 moments like that so you know following around bill de blasio trying to make the insult con don happen and he just kept going to these democratic meetings and say he's donald trump's a con man i call him con don and (laughs) you can see the crowd go like all right (laughs) what are we supposed to do with this at like uh, I mean, ten different rallies so many people per day. Just kind of falling, falling backwards 
and then somehow also on their face in 2020 primaries. That was, I saw a lot of candidates just take a swing and it not work. I mean, one that was pretty funny was uh, Tim Ryan, who ran for, he's a congressman from Ohio, ran for president, um, accidentally called this, uh, a Bloomberg reporter called him and he thought he was a donor. So he just started talking about how, how Biden had lost it and was senile and he didn't have the energy to run for president. And then I was at the first thing he did the next day where everyone was like, so about that thing you said and watching this guy kind of flop set sweat his way, but and like deny that he said <laughs> this stuff is recorded, published online. I, I like, I guess I kind of live for those moments. Like he did not have a good answer. It was basically like, I respect Joe Biden. Thought I was talking to a donor, you know, any moment where a politician's like, look, when I was being brutally honest, I didn't mean, I don't want you to remember that. I want you <laughs> instead to focus on the stuff I am lying to you about right now. So that, that was fun. Um, all these moments, too, I think what makes them blurry is that they happen in the same kind of like basements of hotels. So especially if you, in Iowa and New Hampshire, I just have a, a mental map of, of like 20 venues that are not that memorable on their own. But I've just I've watched people like drop out of the race there or say something really dumb or make you know say something not dumb. That, that often happens. <laughs> um, but in the same places, I was in Iowa over the last week. And I realized the, the place I saw Don Trump, Donald Trump Jr. speak was a place I'd seen like Warren campaign and Biden campaign and like a Teamsters meeting uh, happened there. And, uh, and, and, I, and, I, and you do kind of wonder if you've, uh, I wouldn't say wasted your life, but you, <laughs> you wonder what you're doing with your life. Um, I think mean, it's got to be a, a way lower rent version of what it's like to you know, play music or do, or, or do stand up for a living and, and go back to venues and be, be like very aware of when the crowd is way smaller, or way bigger. Like I've got that going now. I'm not sure what helps my reporting, but I've been to so many of these places so many times that I, I walk in, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's where like the, the microphone <laughs> failed. And that's where, that's where Joe mm-hmm. Biden challenged a guy to a fight for no reason. Like, I mean, I have, I have lots <laughs> of those memories. What's uh, I was gonna ask you what the most cringe thing you have ever seen that made you cringe the hardest, like in person. Ooh, uh, feel free to think about that if you need it. But um, the the de Blasio one was pretty bad. Um, the Eric Swalwell had a thing in 2022 where he uh, he tried to make this extended metaphor about how all the Democrats running were the Avengers. Oh, um, no. And I saw him do that in front of a crowd of like 1500 people. And you could tell it, you know, it crossed over from awkward laughter to just like maybe if none of us make any noise we'll stop doing this um well the uh the thing about that yeah. the whole like democrat avengers thing is uh they've really kind of run with that like he oh was, yeah are you talking about the the group that was running ads on on youtube that no one watched i well i saw uh like the week of uh the democratic national convention colbert did a thing where yeah. it was like all of the it was all of the Democrats on the Avengers faces, and it was like such a fucking. It's so it, that that was like such a fucking bummer. Yeah, just oh, because of like who that guy used to be, you know. <laughs> I've seen versions of that for the Trump universe, and I've seen uh, there's a there's an organization that's job is to elect Democratic attorneys general, and it just put out an ad with celebrity voices portraying these attorneys general who use uh, indictments and injunctions to take down cartoon versions of the Trump administration. 
Oh boy. So uh, like Kathleen Turner for some reason is is one of the voices. It does not sound good. <laughs> it's one of those where everyone else has kind of a clear flat voice, and then Kathleen Turner is like, I just messed with prejudice. And I don't, <laughs> I don't know why they but but people have really just like injected pure cringe this election almost because just to it's the, the one of the big trends has been like the Wisconsin Democratic Party. Um, and the chairman of the party used to run move on's politics, political um, shop. He works for Al Franken. So he has he's he's a good dude generally who's been good at that job. Um, and he has a lot of celebrity connections, but they've like reunited seven or eight TV shows uh, for, for fundraisers. And each time people are like, I don't know if it's been um I don't think that the enthusiasm has gone away because each one is is weirder. And then there'll be a controversy because they tried to reunite the Happy Days cast and, and Scott Bayo didn't want to join. So there was a discussion <laughs> of whether whether it still counts because he wasn't in the original cast. <laughs> um, but this has been like in order to get people's attention, there's a lot of online cringe this election more than you even get in in city in on the ground. Like you sometimes see some goofy advertising in lawn signs and stuff, but the, the by far the most attention-getting strange things I've witnessed have been me absorbing them online along with everybody else. But yeah, the Eric Swalwell uh, Avengers thing that was that was pretty bad. Uh, I mean, I was at the debate where Rick Perry couldn't remember the three branches of government he wanted to get rid of. Dude, I was, was there for that too, actually. Oh, we yeah, we talked when about that. When I was a young once. cameraman, that was fun. when I was a young cameraman, <laughs> that was the most cringe thing I've ever seen because like. Debates. Yeah. I haven't gone to a debate or two in person. It's like way different than on TV because you realize, like, yeah, you realize that moment, like moments on TV, can be greatly affected by e like even the placements of the audience mics. Like I've yeah, been to totally. some where it's like, it's really loud. The audience is reacting a lot in in person, but mm -hmm. on TV, when I watch a TV version, there's like no like the audience mic is just in a bad place, so it doesn't sound like people are cheering or anything, you know. But that one was like yeah. 10 times more enhanced in person. Like hearing that man <laughs> not being able to name three departments of government. Or what was it? Like, what was the question? It was, you want to get rid of three departments of government? Uh, I don't think the question was even about, about which three he wanted to get rid of. He was trying to go for it um, and explain why he wanted to get rid of, uh, I think it was ener energy, en energy and EPA. And uh, I'm not running for president. I don't care if I can't remember the third one. But he couldn't remember the third one. And people kept giving him chances to try. And I, uh, so we were probably watching the same place. There's this, uh, there's some debates, like if you're a local congressional debate, it's in like a high school gym and you can, you can watch it while it's happening. Um, most debates, uh, like for at the presidential level is there's a studio they're in and then the reporter in another room. But it was one of those, you could just, you could just hear everybody in the, in the room, like professional reporters all at the same time going, oh, yeah, we were in like a boys locker room at the time. And like <laughs> right down the hall was like all of the other campaign. Like every, I think every campaign had like a little section of like a locker room office kind of thing. And like, yeah, it was real crammed. And I remember like hearing like a tidal wave of like screams coming and then like not from Rick Perry's campaign yeah. headquarters. <laughs> but it was especially <laughs> weird because we were all in like this gym like locker room mm -hmm. it was so strange everybody had like a tv i think yeah that's the sad thing about debates is the moments people remember are the ones where people just have like eat it just like fall fall on the floor and like their teeth get knocked out because i was at the one in uh new hampshire where 
Marco Rubio just kept saying the same thing and Chris Christie kept making fun of him for it. <laughs> and you could tell the energy in the room changed a lot where people were like, oh my God. Uh, I mean, I also, I was, there's stuff that just feels weird in retrospect because like I, I remember being in the front row of some Ted Cruz press conferences where he was running against Trump and he was furious. Yeah. And I just have very distinct memories of this guy you know, um, saying stuff like, well, Donald Trump is a pathological liar. And he and Donald, you're a sniveling coward. And then that was one. I remember just him pointing his finger, calling this guy sniveling coward. And I'm just I can't think of that moment without four years of him being like, what do you want? <laughs> Happy to help out. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I have a, a lot of memories that are affected. Like had the election gone our way in 2016, um, I would have much stronger Hillary cringe memories because but some of that is just blurred. Oh, how did I not ask? I was not yeah. But I wouldn't cover a lot of Hillary. I was not there for like Pokemon Go to the polls, right? Uh, which is which is the greatest one. It is funny, Brandon, you made the comparison to the Grateful Dead. And now like I'm realizing that's the perfect parallel to this stuff because it is like <laughs> like some of those moments like that's like like hearing Pokemon go to the polls. That's like seeing them perform like Dark Star at a specific show. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like when Jerry was fronting the band and everything. It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like you had to. That was a one time thing. But then there's also like. Yeah, uh, Pokemon Go to the Polls live at Cornell 82. Yeah, then like, <laughs> you know, yeah. But then there's like the Trump rallies where it's like he kind of is doing, he's kind of doing the same set, switching up a little bit. Like he might ad lib, but, um, you know, people kind of like follow him around. And, um, you know, oh, he's, yeah, he's doing the, the classics. Riffs. He's playing yeah. the classics. Occasionally pull up a, a deep cut. The one I did see was um, in live was Hillary Clinton was in Reno, Nevada and was trying to tell the st like, story of a commercial of uh, uh, like an ad commercial where the joke was like a, about the, a dog. I forget the context, but she started making like a yapping dog, dog bark sound oh. to, to, to dramatize the ad. And I saw I was like, huh, that's weird. I wonder what happens. And that became like, I remember this easy for people to cut into stuff for the rest of the campaign of, of Hillary Clinton just turning herself, you know, swiveling around <laughs> stage going, arf, 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 arf. <laughs> uh, so I looked through that. Um, but, I mean, honestly, I mentioned covering conservatives. Covering early Tea Party and covering Ron Paul is where I um, I just saw, like, you know, confident, cringe politics without a net, right? Because Ron Paul had this whole parallel universe of supporters, uh, like their own celebrities even, like the – people who would write songs about him and then they'd come to a concert to, to play, to sing the song and no one outside of the Ron Paul universe had ever heard of it. Uh, but so like those memories are dimmer than, than, than the rest, but of just this man who would speak for 50 minutes about the federal reserve being introduced by this, uh, kind of like Katy Perry style song about, about the political <laughs> revolution. Um, a Katy Perry song about like, uh, the flat tax. Yeah. Oh, Almost, almost like that. Yeah. Wait, hold up, uh, gentlemen. Are you finding the, the I have Hillary a clip. thing? That I, I need to watch it. This is like personal reasons. Wouldn't it be great <laughs> if somebody running for office said something? We could have an immediate reaction as to whether it was true or not. Well, we've trained this dog, and the dog, if <laughs> it's is. not true, he's going to bark. I'm trying to figure out how we can do that with the Republicans. You know. Is we this... need we need to get that dog and follow follow them around and every time they say these things, like oh you know the Great Recession was caused by too much regulation, there it is. We could cut right through a lot of their. Oh, uh, I mean, dude, it's kind of funny watching even clips from like four years ago. 
of politics where people are making analogies like that. It's just like, dude, what are you talking about? Because now it's so direct. It's just like, yeah, he's a pedophile and like he's he runs the deep state and like his son yeah. smoking crack and making these just like they're not even they're being extremely direct and it's just it's more vile now, I guess. But it, it's weird watching somebody make such a bizarre point like i'm gonna train a dog that's gonna like bark and <laughs> see if they're telling the truth like what are you talking about i'm gonna have two dogs one named facts one named logic and they're gonna <laughs> tell the kid it's around <laughs> god um what were we talking about before i don't know i lost track I'm, I just oh, had this, he, you know ron paul I'm unloading all the cringe i knew about unless, unless oh i mean else. we love the cringe we love the cringe yeah yeah well i did i did uh i Okay, don't tell anybody, but I did write in Ron Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Let's bring that man back. <laughs> the Ron Paul revolution. That was like in the heyday of Anonymous, wasn't it? Like, Anonymous. Yeah, it all came together. I mean, I'm, you'd go to a Ron Paul rally, and it would be people who are really passionate about um, Julian Assange and people who are really passionate about, like, a free Serbia. And it, they all gravitated behind Ron Paul. I mean, I that was the first campaign where I think that's the one thing that made me, like, naive about trump's appeal like i generally was like oh this guy can win but i had covered ron paul and he would get crowds everywhere and then i'd run into the same people who had caravaned like three days to go see him and so you don't those people if you have a bunch of them you it doesn't matter <laughs> you can have super fans and 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 lose pretty pretty badly but then trump had those super fans plus other people and that, that was the difference i wasn't naive about him and i look back at stuff i wrote about trump in 2015 and it was a lot of things that predicted how he could catch on, if not, you know, if not, if not win uh, the whole thing. But when he was in Republican primary, people were like, he's going to fade at some point. And I'm like, why? Why would he fade? People love this. People are having such a good time watching him make fun of everybody and uh, uh, like talk about how we got screwed by China and all that. Why would they not like this? Yeah. Why would they say that was fun? I'm going to vote for Ted Cruz now. Me and me and Brandon have talked at length and like watched old debate clips and there's I have zero problem understanding why people why he won and why he like why people liked him now because like you know those clips of him versus Hillary it's just yeah he was entertaining like he was you know he was absolutely playing the hits of the original Republican debates where it was him and you know ten Republicans with the like we don't need an apprentice in the White House and and stuff like that him just him just making fun of people him just well, first literally being like shut up in Cleveland the first debate they had where. It was hilarious because they um, remember the undercards. They they split the debates with the Republicans, so there'd be like six losers who were polling badly <laughs> at five p.m. Oh and yeah, debate at like eight. So I remember the first one of those. The the loser debate was was incredible because like George Pataki got like twenty minutes and then walked around waiting for reporters asking questions. Uh, and then the, the winner debate. I remember the that was one where Megan Kelly started to ask. Uh, you know, you've said this about women. You said this. You've called them pigs. You've called them. You called them fat. You called them gross. He just goes only Rosie O'Donnell. Ugh, and I remember, yeah. I was like, that. All right, that's a good line. And like, that, why like, would you killed. then say that? Yeah, that's too funny. I'm gonna go for somebody serious <laughs> like Scott Walker. No, people love that stuff. Yeah, was that? That's like Biden's j- magic is that even an older Joe Biden would still just tell him telling Trump to shut up was like far more effective than Hillary Clinton being like, this is not who we are. Of Biden just saying like, "Shut up! You're the worst president we've ever had." Uh, I, I saw that. I'm like, 
all right, is that like witty? No, but is that how like human brains want these candidates? A hundred percent. Yeah, totally. Yeah, was that the, the the one where they had all the candidates like, split up? There was too many people. Was that the one where there was like um, I forget his name. He was like a Vietnam veteran, and there was like he had some reply where it kind of just like turned into him being like, and I threw a grenade and like watched a man explode. <laughs> some like shit. Oh, Jim Webb. Like, yeah, Webb, yeah, Jim Webb. Where everybody's like, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> did you just say well, i think it, i think it was who do you consider it was like who do you consider your greatest enemy and everyone the answer you're supposed to have is like i don't have enemies i want to work together but we need to fight this and he just said there's a guy in vietnam <laughs> he was like there's a guy in vietnam who tried to kill me that's a grenade not to worry about him <laughs> and he dropped out like a week later but that was amazing i mean like i'm not even making fun of him i like that response he had no, like yeah. he was the, the best, only one that's the that, best response you could have to he's that the question. only one that had a real yeah. enemy a man who tried to kill him in vietnam <laughs> he's like still holding the grudge too he's like i don't know where he is like actually <laughs> when i get the time i'm gonna go hunt this guy down in vietnam he's old yeah. now you know i do like that um, They're just getting a full full flashback <laughs> mid debate. <laughs> how how do you? I mean, like, how have things changed for your job in the last four years besides um, people hating you for being a reporter? Um, like, what are your well, big again, takeaways? I mean, that's how I mitigate it. And I'm not being phony. Like, I don't show up at rallies and say, "Ha ha." I mean, like, I'll tell them at the Washington Post, and they'll if people are like really want to engage and argue with stuff that's in the paper. Like, I've done that my whole career. I I not done arguing with them. That's happened to me before. There was like a Bernie Bernie event I covered in 2016 right after he dropped out. And Bernie people were really furious about how the primary went. Among the people they blamed were the, were the media. Among the media they blamed were like were the Washington Post because our op-ed pages had – there was one day, I forget what it was, like 17 pieces that you could construe as negative on Sanders. And this guy like literally followed me around telling people not to talk to me because because I was the Washington Post. So it's been done to me for years. Um but uh, with, little uh, little do they know that you're a part of the Chapo extended universe. Well, I, I think, I'm not sure know. if Chapo existed. Oh, it did. Chapo did One exist at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I've uh, I definitely, but we have, we're talking to Trump people at these these events. Again, I look for people to. Uh, I don't like. I don't lie to them. I'm like, if they, if, if, I guess they want to know who I vote for, which I, I um. And it, I, I try to sidestep that question because I'm like, it's not. Bro, like, I, I mean, I looked up I'm, on your Wikipedia, it said who you voted for, and your your voting history is bizarre anyway. So even if you told absolutely them. Absolutely insane. It's like Ralph Nader, Ron Paul, uh, Gary Johnson. Yeah, it makes no sense. Um, <laughs> so, but like, I'm like, I'm interested, like, covering them. And it, at the moment, we have one candidate who's president who says a bunch of stuff that's, that's, that's like, false. So I mentioned that. We have a candidate who also says stuff that's false sometimes but it's weird stuff like i met i met i tried to meet nelson mandela and got like uh clapped in irons and uh they made a movie about it you know like the joe biden has said weird stuff but trump will just say so much that's not true that i like i try to stay out of the conversation like i'm not going to like go point by point <laughs> with this voter let me turn around this happened yesterday where there, i was kind of done talking to somebody and then she got more and more worried that I was going to quote her and then someone would come to her house and firebomb it because she was quoted criticizing the president. And I said, well, do you have a sign in your yard? And she did. <laughs> but I was like, okay, well, I won't quote you to be nice, but um, I understand where you're coming from. But uh, like, this is, this is not, not everyone in the world is out to get you. I honestly want to understand what, like what you think. Because I was asking her about whether she thinks the election will be fair, whether it's going to be rigged answer. Yes. Um, you hear that a lot, but uh, right. like, yeah, you can't just have like a 
you it's not fruitful <laughs> to just go to ha- approach every conversation with a voter like I'm going to tell them my life story and convince them that I'm right. That's not what it's for. I mean, you, you don't want to just you have to kind of go and get the, a broad sample of what people are thinking. At least I try to. And sometimes you hear I mean, that's often how I hear um, something bubbling up that's weird that I never heard before, like the um, less and less now because online has so much of it. But uh, a weird accusation that I had not heard um, a video I need to check out. I mean, one guy when I was in Iowa last week, um, when the event was over, it was like, you should look. And he, but he, he remember he said it in, a, in, a, in like a very conspiratorial way, conspiratorial between me and him. Like we were sharing a secret. It's like, I can't tell you where I saw this, but there's video the Chinese have of Hunter Biden uh, torturing young Chinese girls. And I was like, oh, thank you. And I was like, I know where that's coming from because in, in the extended Q universe, everyone does that, right? Um, oh yeah, and I did. But my my goal that in that moment was not let me sit down with him and reason why he thinks this. It was, all right, this is in the ether. Let me write a story, knowing that some people are circulating that around. I mean, I guess I write about it when it turns out everyone started to believe it. Um, if 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 um if something if some idea gets so widespread that it's like you know the old NAFTA superhighway or Obama's birth certificate, then I write about it. What's but the I don't NAFTA just, like, superhighway? Out and say you have a weird opinion. What's the NAFTA superhighway? Oh, that's a classic. That was uh, the idea that, and this was the Bush administration, not Obama. The idea of the Bush administration was building a highway connecting Canada to Mexico going through the United States. Um, and I couldn't figure out why they needed to or what would be different. But it was when the government, when there is any kind of, oh, the government's uh, building something here or it's like using eminent domain to take this property, the idea was that they were using it to... Um, build this eight lane NAFTA superhighway. So I guess like that was influential on how I, I wrote stuff is I'm not going to write, look at how, how strange this country is, but I keep in mind at all times that there are people who vote because they, 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 you know, have some specific on the left and right. Like I'm, I'm going to vote Republican because I believe abortion is murder. I'm going to vote democratic because I, I want to say social security. And then there are people who were like, I have to vote for this candidate because the the trilateral commission is uh, trying to steal adrenochrome, and I realize like that's a lot. That's like a decent number of people. I, I not that the whole world revolves around that, but we need to keep in mind that not everyone making a decision is is has, has like done it the quote unquote right way. That people have just lots. Of, people are busy. They don't have the time to study all this, and and um, people read stuff that convinces them that there is like a single conspiracy that would fix everything if, if we if we solved it right that's the story of q so that's i guess is one thing i worry about is that i'm so used to hearing that that sometimes i hear a new bit of weirdness i'm like that makes, that makes sense <laughs> but like without being shocked by it anymore yeah i mean do you think i i think we're living in like a golden era of conspiracy theories golden age is a weird uh phrase to describe it i guess it it is in terms of like how prevalent it is for sure and it's definitely uh i think a lot of things that were considered fringe or no longer fringe right right which i i don't know when the when do you think that started uh gosh i mean this is like this is such a so chicken and egg kind of topic because people yeah. always wanted to well, always suck that stuff out right um uh, if you read like um 
Rick Perlstein's books are very good on this and just the the providence of people becoming obsessed with some some kind of uh, usually he, he focused on the right, uh, some sort of sellout that Eisenhower was going to do, which then all of a sudden people uh, people started to put in direct mail. So I think it's um, I just it's always been there. I think the uh, breakdown of traditional media resources is really what did it. So email started this and people would eat forward their emails with um, stuff that everything, oh, right. is, everything from like, here's a quote from Abraham Lincoln that's about, about um, yes. socialism to uh, NAFTA superhighway. And then a lot of like know, forward, 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 forward. Yeah. And yeah. I'm one of those, I'm, it, this is now like the most nor- normal, normal opinion, I guess, but the, the like Facebook ruined, broke everything. Like Facebook just right. was like a brain melting ray uh, shot right into every like, shot right through the middle of the country um and you definitely hear stuff spread much faster it's been in the election it's been interesting because for for whatever reason and i guess like the obvious one is yep so one is one is sexist what is, is maybe sexism around hillary clinton one is that the clintons had 30 years of conspiracy fodder like biden has been strangely uh, resistant, resilient to conspiracy theories, even when there's something that's not really conspiracy theory. And it's just, oh, there sure are some shady financial connections. Uh, you need, it turns out you need like decades of, of like foaming the runway for people to really think a politician is that bad. Um, people right. who are, are like on the, who are not already thinking about it, right. For, for the word to get out, um, that, oh yeah, my friend of a friend told me that, that, um, Hillary Clinton has people killed. Like we we never got there with Biden and like watching Rudy Giuliani and try to like jackknife it into the last two weeks is, yeah. is super interesting because you're like oh you can't really do it while well, like, Borat two you, comes you, out and like that footage of him at the same time I think it's really strange too like him yeah. him dropping the Hunter thing and then Borat two comes out with that footage of him like I wonder if that he was knew strange. it was coming and the footage doesn't make him look good and the footage uh, he, he you know. Sasha Baron Cohen cuts it in different ways, uh, obviously, but he didn't like kinda, put a CGI. I, I kind of wish they waited like thirty more seconds. <laughs> yeah, because like I before busting in the room. Well, yeah, just because yeah, yeah. I, I think that in those those like what we saw, like we didn't fully get to like see. Like I I I think if we waited just like a second more, we could have like. Because right now it's very Dong. easy for them to be like, well, maybe he was taking his mic out, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, like, if we just maybe waited 30 more seconds, I don't know. who Who's to say? Yeah, if, if they did the full um, undercover conservative video sting thing where you just, like, hang out with somebody for hours and, and keep saying, boy, uh, we sure should do voter <laughs> fraud, huh? And then you keep asking and asking, and then you get, like, the ninth. If they did that, they're like, um, this like, it wouldn't have been that hard. Just leave the camera running and see how, what how what he's actually willing to do with uh, Borat's daughter, who I think was what was she posing as like a Russian yeah, TV Tutar. network correspondent? Yeah, Tutar. Uh, that makes sense. Tutar, yeah, the uh, a uh, a journalist. So yeah, also he yeah. didn't think that she was a. He wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna go fuck this 15 year old. <laughs> like he <laughs> definitely was like. Oh, this is a 25-year-old reporter that is flirting with me. And it's like, you know, it's it's gross, but he's not a it, I it, I don't think he's a pedophile. And I say this is a man who's in the special thanks of Borat too, you know? That's hilarious. 
and people just stopped talking about it. I mean, 9-11 truth stuff, people just stopped talking about that after some point too, right? Who does yeah, that? Yeah, I anymore? think I feel like once it became like a meme. Maybe that's how you get rid of QAnon. It's just like you just like have to make really bad memes about QAnon until it's just lame for everybody involved. But I don't know. Do you I think- mean, I hope it's I hope it's on its way there, but I don't I have no idea. Once once something gets to that level like a like a millennialist cult where hey, this is the date that uh the world is going to end and you substitute that in for this is the day when JFK Jr. is going to be revealed. Once that keeps ha- not happening and people don't abandon the, the movement, I, I, I always wonder what could possibly end it. Eventually, those, those like, if it's a religious sect, they just, like, die, usually on purpose. Um, in, in political terms, it just, it fades and it's, like, really hard. It's usually, and this is the thing, thing about this era, right, the, 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 the last four years, is typically what normally happens is, like, uh, there's a, a president elected and the party that lost is, is like, dang, that, that, that's too bad. And uh, conspiracy theories will grow up among those people. Um, but you had, it's rare that you had, like, there weren't, when Bush was president, there were not um, super Bush fans who were saying, we, we have proof that Tom Daschle uses adrenochrome to stay young. Like, th- this is new, that people are very happy that, that the guy they like is in power. And then also, there is something outside of that that is pure evil and can't be allowed to take over. And again, this is like a, fring, a fringe of Trump supporters. Like, the, when I talk to Trump supporters, like, uh, I'm still taken aback when they bring that up. Most people are just, they have, their worries are often false, like uh, mail ballots are all going to be rigged, but they're not, mail ballots will be rigged by the Illuminati. Um, But it's still, that's just not happened before, that that people take power and the most fervent supporters look for other things to be, um, to be angry about. That's what's been striking about this. In the sense that um, if Trump is not president at some point, through whatever means, um, this election or next election uh normally that's when things would get wilder like the tea party the birther movement was like five dudes in 2008 and then obama becomes president it's much bigger includes donald trump in it right Uh, so like what the the, the next evolution of this if people begin to think well um trump's not president and it's something very unfair and criminal was done to make that happen trump himself maybe said so i don't know like playing that string out i feel like is tougher than even predicting how the election will go which i refuse to do yeah <laughs> like i want no audio record of me predicting how it's going to go even even though if you see me on twitter i'm i don't predict things as much as say that's not going to happen which is the same thing but more annoying <laughs> yeah it's hard i i'll be curious to see it's like i'm not excited curious i'm more like scared curious to see how like the q q people evolve mm-hmm. like the trump depending on which way it goes like the trump Honestly, everything, everything. Yeah. I'm scared, curious, and I'm also not making any guesses. But it's like I, I really couldn't even guess. So yeah, but I don't know. No, I'm in the I'm I'm in the same boat. Yeah, I, I mean, but but yeah, it's 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 like most people luckily don't believe this, but there's more all the time. And I I don't know. I don't want to end on a on a bleak note. And you know, Google the Columbia Journalism Review, and like you'll find you'll find my opinions <laughs> on what why people believe this stuff and why, why, what everything, you know, why people are willing to believe fake things in the meantime, you know, capturing them and finding out, huh, people think that now, I mean, that is a part of the job that I, I'm glad I can, I can do even, uh, even if it's only a small part. Yeah. Well, Dave, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Oh, I do want to plug oh, yeah. 
I do want to plug something uh, before we end the pod because I do. What do you got? If, get a plug off. Get one. Well, going. I am. I am gonna get a plug off in our <laughs> election day. Eve yeah, I was gonna say it's episode. like very funny. Like what could be a historical couple of days. Like getting. Uh, I'm curious to see what the and plug I, is. You know, I hope we. I hope the the Senate was flipped, and I hope you know if because I I and also like you know if Biden wins, I think people will be a lot less annoying on Twitter in in a couple of years, and you know. We Borat two's out. G four is gonna be back. I think we're gonna <laughs> be we're we're gonna be at a cultural uh culturally better place in America. But uh you know election aside, I do want to plug a show this Sunday. Oh, you're not plugging like a local <laughs> this show. This Sunday, <laughs> no. In L, well, I gotta plug the fucking show. These tickets, I gotta get the. I gotta sell these tickets. So Sunday, <laughs> this Sunday, <laughs> November eighth. Jam in the van. We've got two shows outdoors. It's a it's a safe outdoor venue, very limited capacity, and uh, you know there's not a lot of tickets left. So please buy tickets to my uh, my show this Sunday. I'm doing an early show and a late show. If you live in LA, where are so they? At uh, this place called Jam in the Van. Is it, these? It's an outside. It's not in a van, but I was it's like- in a. No, it's yeah. not. It's not in a van. It's in it's an it's in an outdoor venue, but that's. <laughs> It, you type in jam in the van on Google Maps and then you'll go to that place. Oh, it's like a pin. Are, yeah, well, jam in the van. The, uh, I'm not making I'll, I'll fun of you. Link. I'm like curious. We'll, we'll put Every, the link in the description, you know. Everybody in LA just drive look for unmarked vans and then go up to them and knock on the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, you're not kidding. I'm I am fascinated by this cuz I like I looked up jam in the van yeah. and it's literally like a pin. The image is like this like stony looking <laughs> It's really not a van. It's, like, it's a bus. It's not. It's yeah. RV. Well, it's not in a bus. It's in an outdoor no. patio. Yeah, it's yeah, on yeah. an outdoor patio. I've I've done a show there before, and I that's why I'm doing this show is because I was like, this is the first show I've done that felt very normal. This is not the part of town I predicted it would be in. This is on. I know. I I mean I miss doing a I I miss doing the the lo- the the Was truly it? local shows this is a west side I, I hate show that i have to go to the goddamn west side but this is what uh, covid has forced my hand this is near the carving board. on the west side um looking at like what you know pico it's near santa monica near the santa it's monica a, it's airport it's gonna be a it's gonna be a hot hot lineup please come come to that show yeah definitely um mid right. civil war <laughs> I'm doing a mid Civil War outdoor stand up show. You know, you could uh it's kinda near Tito's Tacos. You get some that's one of my favorite places in LA. Get some Tito's Tacos and then like drive over <laughs> to the show. I think that's like a good one two punch. Yeah. Um <laughs> but Dave Weigel, thank you for joining us. We'll see what happens this week, but um Godspeed yeah. out there. Tell tell Ilana no, where we said hi. Awesome to do it. I'm a I'm a I'm a big fan, big fan of the show and your guys' stuff and really, really happy to <laughs> spend this time with you. Excellent. Well, thanks for calling in, dude. Thanks so much, man. (laughs) 